Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 17. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Uh, In the music world, it seems that there are some band members who don't quite attract as much of the spotlight as some of the other band members. Let me give you an example. U2 is a great example. Everybody knows that Bono is the lead singer of U2 and that The Edge is the guitarist. And those other two guys, their names are... Yeah, a lot of people can't really remember those two names. Uh, It was also true with the police. Everybody knew that Sting was the lead singer of the police and then there were those two other guys in the band as well. Now, I mention that because today we're looking at this shortest of statements that we find in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And there are those who would say that when you look through the Apostles' Creed, it seems as though uh, the um, it seems as though the Holy Spirit is sort of the neglected member 
of the Trinity. Uh, in the Apostles' Creed, we have these statements. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And then we have a, a huge statement regarding the person and the life of Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven where he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And for the Holy Spirit, we have... I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's it. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I mean, not exactly sure what we believe about the Holy Spirit. It just seems that from the creed that we believe in the existence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we looked at the idea of the Trinity a few weeks ago, uh, and we saw that the Bible speaks abundantly about, about the fact that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead, uh, one of the persons of the Trinity, equal with the Father and with the Son. When you start looking through the pages of the Old Testament, uh, there are more than 80 direct references to the Holy Spirit in the pages of the Old Testament. I mean, the very first reference comes just two verses in to the Bible. Uh, Genesis chapter, chapter 1, verse number 2. But verse 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And as we keep reading the pages of the Old Testament, we begin to get a clearer picture of who the Holy Spirit is. This is God's Spirit. Uh, there's a sense in which the, the Spirit is one with God, but there's another sense in which the Spirit is separate from God. In the Old Testament, God gives his Spirit to a number of people uh, to equip them to be able to do what God has called them to do. God's Spirit is given to leaders, to kings and judges and prophets. God's Spirit is given to Moses so that he can lead the people of Israel out of out of. Egypt and through the wilderness. And God's Spirit is also given to the 70 elders who help Moses in that task of leading the Spirit. God's Spirit is given to one of the craftsmen who builds the tabernacle. But what's clear in the Old Testament is that God's Spirit is not given to everyone. As we move to the end of the Old Testament, God makes some extraordinary promises about what the new covenant will be like, the new covenant that he will establish with people. And one of the defining differences between the old covenant and the new covenant is that God's spirit will be given to all believers. This is what we read in the, in the prophet Joel, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And afterwards, God says... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then in the book of Ezekiel, this is what God says. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees, to be careful to keep my laws. 
See, the coming of the Holy Spirit is the defining difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. God promises that the Spirit will be given to all people. So if God's Spirit is given to all believers, then how's that going to work in our lives? What's it going to look like for the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives? A large part of what Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room on that night before he went to the cross was about the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke to his disciples because they needed to understand that he was going, but he wasn't leaving them alone. As we saw from those Old Testament quotes about the new covenant, all believers will receive the Holy Spirit, all those who have their trust in Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants to stress in the upper room. Those who trust in him, in Jesus, will have God's Spirit in them. Listen to some of the things that Jesus says. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That word counsellor, it gets translated a few different ways in the pages of the New Testament, but advocate or comforter is another way of describing what that person is going to do. It literally means the one who's been called beside to assist you, to help you. And Jesus goes on to say this. Have a look at what he says. Verse John 14, verse 16, then verse 18, and then verse 23. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. And then verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then in verse 23, he says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, Jesus is not saying three different things here and he's not saying three contradictory things here. He's saying one thing. God indwells those who trust in Jesus. And he does that by the Holy Spirit. Jesus can talk about God being with us by the Spirit. He can say that he will be with his followers by the Spirit. And he can talk about the Spirit being with us. All three of those things are true. But it's not just that the Spirit comes to reassure us and to comfort us. The Spirit is given to us to enable us to live the lives that God wants us to live to enable us to live faithful and obedient lives. That's what Ezekiel said, that the Spirit would be given so that we could follow God's decrees. And Jeremiah, the prophet, says much the same thing. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. God will write his law on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be working to enable us to live faithful and obedient lives as followers of Jesus. I said before that the, the Spirit can kind of sometimes seem like the neglected member of the Trinity, 
But in some ways, I think the Holy Spirit doesn't want to draw attention to himself. See, the main work of the Holy Spirit is actually to put the spotlight on Jesus, to help people to see Jesus more clearly. Go back to John 14, verse 26. This is what Jesus says. But the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom God, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Spirit will teach us and specifically the Spirit will point us to what Jesus has said. Chapter 15, verse 26, when the counsellor comes whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, Jesus says. The Spirit's work is going to be to testify about who Jesus is. And then in chapter 16, verse 13, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from from what is mine and making it known to you. See, what the Holy Spirit does is put the focus on Jesus. He's not seeking glory for himself. He's seeking to bring glory to Jesus. And the Spirit will help us to put the spotlight on Jesus as well. The Spirit will enable us to help others to see Jesus more clearly. Listen to what it says in John chapter 15 and verse 26. When the counsellor comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father... He will testify about me and you also, Jesus says to his disciples, must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. In the book of Acts, just before the disciples receive the Holy Spirit, we hear again from Jesus and he says this in chapter chapter 1, verse 8 of the book of Acts. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See how it works? The Spirit is given and we bear witness to Jesus. But let me come back to the question that I asked a bit earlier. If God's Spirit is given to all believers, how does that influence your life and mine today. What's it going to look like to have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives? If you're someone who's placed your trust in Jesus, then you have received the Holy Spirit. The Bible promises that that's true. God's Spirit is now at work in your life. And the Spirit is at work to shape us and to change us and enable us to be the people that God wants us to be. And this is what it'll look like. We should be conscious of God's presence with us by the Spirit. We should be mindful that God is with us. We should be conscious of the, of the ongoing relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father because the Spirit indwells us. 
In fact, we shouldn't just know that. We should be humbled by that. And we should be mindful as we face every day that God is with us. Jesus promised his disciples that he would be with them always, even to the very end of the age. And the promise stands for us as well. It will also mean that we work at being faithful in our relationship with God. It means that we'll seek to live an obedient life as we seek to follow and to trust Jesus. I love the way that Paul describes it in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. Then verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's a great expression, isn't it? Keep in step with the Spirit. God's Spirit is at work in your life to make you a more faithful follower of Jesus to help you to be more godly, to be more Christ-like in your life and to guard against your sinful nature. So we're called to keep in step with the Spirit. And one more thing. It will also mean that you're committed to putting the spotlight on Jesus. God's Spirit in us will mean that we try to point people to Jesus. God's Spirit is with us to help others to come to trust in Jesus. God's Spirit is with us so that we can tell others about Jesus. It's one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, even to Balmain. We are to live our Christian lives conscious of God's presence with us by the Holy Spirit. We are to live our Christian lives seeking to keep in step with the Spirit. And we are to live our lives to bear witness, to point people to Jesus.